Hey everyone, welcome to Heart Fork Live, a podcast for everything Web3. We are Castro and Aram, your hosts. And today we're super excited to be joined by Nick, founder at ReNFT, a multi-chain NFT rental protocol and platform. Today's discussion was super interesting because NFT rentals, although they have a lot of potential use cases, one of the main use cases they have today is in Web3 gaming. And that was the main theme of our discussion. We dive deep into the use cases of NFT rentals in games and how Web3 game founders can use NFT rentals and re-NFT platform in general to build a more engaging community by offering an additional service on top of the current NFTs that they have in their ecosystem. So by using, for example, re-NFT, you're able to offer your community collateral-free in-house renting, lending, and rewarding of shares. So if you're a Web3 game founder, you're going to get a lot of interesting insights from this episode. So you definitely don't want to miss this. But before we start, a few words from our sponsor. Flare.dev is the Web3 platform that allows you to build, sell, and scale in Web3. It flares NFT tiered sales, credit card, and cross-chain payment. You can increase your NFT sales by at least 50% because you can allow your users to pay for your NFT via credit card or any crypto they have in their wallet and also connect their wallet or if they don't have one already, Flare is going to create a custodial wallet on behalf of them. Also with Flare's scalable smart contracts, relayer and indexing API, you can read, write, and build on blockchain in a scalable way. So whether you're a dApp, a game, or a Web2 company that wants to build on blockchain, Flare has you covered for the long run. So definitely check flare.dev. That is F-L-A-I-R.dev. Hey, Nick. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you with us. Today, we are talking about NFT rentals. That's the theme. But before we start, really love to hear about your background and what made you interested in building a NFT rental infrastructure for Web3. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I kind of have a bit of a crazy blended background. And what I mean by that is uh, most of my kind of experience outside of the web3 crypto realm is in um, indie game development specifically sort of back when xbox indie games were all the craze in particular um, we built two titles one of which was the first real port of minecraft to xbox um, we, we grew that to be the number one best selling of all time on xbox from there went on to do another title sort of this janky early voxel builder um, kind of shooter combo sort of like a, a voxelized early fortnite pre-game engine days um, with some UGC elements called Minor of Duty, and that was a number three bestseller. Um, from there, you know, I went really deep down the sort of blockchain, Bitcoin rabbit hole, you know, lurking in the forums, Reddit, all of that at the time, um, and really then kind of dove in full time in 2013, 2014. Um, we're trying to do this kind of sports betting concept, and specifically with my brother, um, where I learned about all this tech and kind of, the, you know, the areas it could be applied and whatnot. Um, Stuck really close in the space. In 2017, I learned about NFTs through CryptoKitties. And that was kind of my worlds colliding, right? Like gaming assets clicked. They just made sense to me. So I pretty much went all in 
Um, I joined a game, if you're familiar, called The Sandbox, uh, pretty much at the blockchain inception. Um, very small team at the time. I was there about two, two and a half years. Built a, a bunch of initiatives over there on marketing product, a little bit all over. Um, where ultimately kind of the core NFT idea spun from. Um, you know, it was shocking to us that sort of in this initial NFT craze, which at the time wasn't the real craze, but it was, you know, starting to get there. It was really when like art was picking up on the blockchain. Um, but it was shocking to us that, you know, we were, we were starting to do all these land sales and like talk about different applications of NFTs, especially within gaming. And uh, people didn't understand that, you know, all these things were being promised and talked about, but like additional tech needed to be built to actually enable them, right? The limitations of the existing standards, simply you can't do them, right? Um, so we, we pretty much set out um, at a hackathon, at a chain link hackathon about two and a half years ago um, to build kind of what was the MVP of re-NFT. Back then it was much different, a little more like DeFi oriented. Um, it was a generalized solution with collateral to just sort of show what is possible and, and where this could head. Um, that's where I met my co-founder, um, Naz and CTO. Um, we kind of hit it off. And we're, we're very similar in a lot of ways and um, the rest is history, I guess. Here we are. Yeah, that's an amazing background story. And I think the main theme of that was, you know, you have seen, let's say, one aspect of, you know, uh, use use case for rental NFTs, which is you know gaming assets, and you have seen it through from let's say Web two coming to Web three and kind of trying to reimagine let's say that aspect. Uh, so I think like gaming is definitely a big part of let's say um, the way blockchain is going to get adopted, and I think one of the hardest aspects of you know more adoption for let's say um, NFTs and game is like you know the purchase power of NFTs. Some of them are super expensive, so I think. The rental can make it a bit more accessible, um, but I'm, I'm curious, like, what other aspect of, you know, NFT rentals do you see as uh, as value that can even increase more adoption for, let's say, um, NFTs? Is that only a focus on the gaming for re-NFT now, or do you see more potential in other avenues as well? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, kind of what we're building, while we are gaming focused initially, because we, we agree that's where I think the most exciting use cases are, at least initially to get people onto this technology, it's kind of going to be the Trojan horse. And, and I'm sure you'd maybe agree there. Um, but more than anything, like we're building generalized infrastructure. And the idea is that anyone can build any kind of cases off of it, right? Like we see a lot of areas down, like even, you know, ticketing, like uh, events, like all these different things, like some more smaller and more niche use cases than others, but nonetheless um, interesting. I think real world assets, that's a whole other narrative that's been for some time, but as some of those things and tracking mechanisms start to come on chain, rental cases get interesting around there as well, just as they are in the you know, traditional world. Um, even things around like digital fashion within these worlds, right? Um, in the broader metaverse plays. So I think it just depends on what avenue, but sort of at ReNFT, we're less focused on like defining the use cases and more focused on building infrastructure for anyone to experiment, build off of. Um, and then, you know, our core integrations team is obviously very gaming focused for like customized integrations and that sort of thing. Yeah, I can relate to that definitely because I mean, as a Web3 builders, you need to go with, let's say, where the flow is. And for example, we can argue that gaming is like one of the biggest sectors yeah. in blockchain. So you have to kind of try to, and there's just more developers, there are more people. So you can just, you know, try to listen to them and understand what are the pain points. And as you mentioned, the use cases can definitely grow because if this technology is 
uh, going to do what it's supposed to do, then uh, it's going to be probably used in a lot of other um, avenues as well. But I totally agree that like gaming is a, is a perfect use case for that. Uh, but you mentioned one aspect that you know there, the technology part is one part of this problem. And uh, a lot of people also maybe see smart contracts or even blockchain as one big thing. <laughs> But we know that there's a lot of, you know, uh, I think I, I look at blockchain as mostly like Legos or building blocks. So you get the smart contracts, but you need to have an, an additional layer on top of that, which is for like, um, let's say, NFT rental, you know, modules or contracts, what you guys are kind of working on. Um, at what level of the abstraction are you guys going for? Is it that you are want to be kind of the standard of the NFT rentals? Do you want to offer, let's say, Web2 elements like, marketplaces, you know, to just even make it easier, at, at what point you're drawing basically the abstraction layer for the NFT yeah. at the moment? Absolutely. No, it's a great question because there's so many aspects and so many areas to focus. You can build applications on top, right, that are just improving on UX. Um, like we're seeing a lot of people do that on like, you know, Gnosis and multi-six style safes. Like there's so many different avenues you can take in the space and a lot of innovation to be had. Uh, but more than anything, like how I usually put it is re-NFT, we're we're truly a protocol layer first and a platform second. So, you know, more like the real reasoning why we do focus on a platform is because there, there's so many nuanced features, small things that need to be integrated for rentals to actually function well from a user standpoint, right? Like we work with all the major gaming guilds. We understand their needs. They need different things than like you need on a marketplace, right? Um, and, you know, with all of our uh, integration partners in games, we're actually you know, integrating this technology with, um, they sort of don't want to build their own marketplaces first, or they don't have the bandwidth, or they don't have the time or techno, you know, uh, technological understanding, whatever the case is. Um, so we kind of took a step back. We're like, hey, let's, you know, build the platform for them. And then at any point, if they want to bring it into their own interfaces, which is how we think it will evolve, they absolutely can. Um, as well, I think there's a lot more of these, like, uh, especially in gaming, discoverability platforms, be it marketplaces, rentals, aggregation platforms, whatever the case is, that can also integrate the re-NFT protocol to enable rentals within their platform as well, right? So that's just one more thing to offer their users. Um, and it all is happening through re-NFT given we have the game side integrations. Um, so really it all starts with those game integrations um, in, in sort of them accepting and adopting this kind of use right model that I, I know we'll probably talk about a little later um, that our contracts actually open up. But, you know, we, we're two-pronged now, but the protocol is kind of the broader long-tail play for us. I mean, you kind of have to think about it from that perspective because, you know, a blockchain itself is in its infancy. And let's say NFTs are even in more infancy. And let's say and these use cases that we're talking about, I think this is a perfect time to kind of, again, for protocols like yourself to start building. But you, you kind of you know, need to go with the flow of what, what the customers or let's say the projects need at the moment. But you get probably really deep insight about, you know, what are the challenges and all of that. And as you mentioned, you know, right now, maybe offering, I don't know, aggregation on top of that would be really useful. Um, but I, I think the core, as you mentioned, is the protocol layer because yeah. it can probably a marketplace for games is going to be massively different than one, let's say for, I don't know, fashion items or for real estate, for example, because just different use cases. But at the protocol layer, I'm assuming that, you know, that can be more um, adopted easily. And probably like developers in future are going to get, you know, the smart contracts and 
um, maybe with your, I don't know, building blocks, they can do whatever is needed on their side. So I would, as a as a Web3 builder, I always try to put flexibility at the core rather than yeah. try to guess at what is the end solution and try to innovate on that from day one. So I think you guys are doing a smart thing. Just start with the protocol, but also try to do some of those things to kind of help with the adoption as well. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that and, and fully agree. I think a lot of people forget in this space, it's easy to get caught up in the next narrative, the next hype cycle, right? Like it, everything moves so fast in our world uh, relative to anything else that people forget that the whole point of this technology is for people to trustlessly integrate and interact with these, build upon them, right? Like the open source culture should be pushed more and more. Uh, it's something, you know, we continue to even strive for and, and um, create these building blocks for people to get more and more involved. Um, and, and like a huge focus for us, especially this year, is just opening up more and more of what we're doing and allowing more and more projects to experiment, play with, um, and build off of the base layers that we've created over the past two years. Sure thing. Um, maybe someone is listening to our podcast right now. They're a game founder, game builder, and um, they either are still not convinced about, you know, using, let's say, the rental NFT for their project or... They might kind of, I don't know, maybe check some alternatives. I, I know that there are some EIPs that, you know, offer some sort of a rental system. Uh, how would you kind of talk to that person about, you know, adopting rental and also choosing re-NFT tool and getting that solution for their game, let's say? Yeah, absolutely. I usually start with the fact that, you know, we've built, rentals are a core focus, right? Over the past two years, we have built literally every type of way to do an existing asset rental, meaning a 721, 1155, or kind of blended hybrid assets, right? Uh, so all existing NFTs, really. And there's a lot of downsides to different ways. You know, we've, we've been working closely with games over these two years as well, guilds, um, you know, gamers themselves, just sort of understanding, like, what are the needs? What are the pain points? Um, we built, you know, like there's some other solutions out there that use, utilize wrapper technology, right? They're just wrapping an NFT, signing a new NFT to it. We think there's a lot of downsides to that for a variety of reasons. You start to fragment collections. Just, you know, the standard still doesn't have everything that, you know, a lot of the actual um, asset owners need to put in there, like our reward share setup, um, all these different things. Um, we've been in the, a couple of EIP working groups for some time, like 2615, some of these others. A lot of them are bloated or fragmented on specific things and then they become really expensive and one of the things i always point out right is especially for rentals it needs to be as cheap as possible right like you're talking about normally um in an accessibility case you want basically no friction no barriers for them to come and try something out and then in a case where somebody can't afford that asset um you know that's the reason they're renting at the end of the day right um so it's even more important than like a, a loan protocol, for instance, that can get away with a little bit more expensive interactions um, to actually, you know, do what they're doing. Um, so I, I usually kind of point that out as well. We're, you know, we're our thesis around standards. And again, like we've explored all of them. We stay really closely and we're like uh, we support people pushing forward standards in general. It's sort of that at some point things will evolve to different like fragmented standards for different cases, right? And you won't even really know. Um, what I mean by that is like, I think there will be a gaming asset standard. There will be a real world asset standard. That needs very different things than a gaming asset. Um, there will be like, you know, one 
like seven two one is great for a collectible or a piece of art, but it's it's really awful for any true financial use case, right? You can't do anything in there. That's very very limited. So like for any of this technology to evolve in the way that everyone talks about, you know, there needs to be different standards for different things. Um, and so we'll you know we'll help push that forward when it makes sense. Um, I think currently standards are just a bit of a pipe dream because everything's evolving at the protocol level, right? You have things like account abstraction being pushed, all, like so many different variables moving that it doesn't even make sense yet to focus on that. Instead, we want to enable it in a way that you don't have to ask anything of the community, right? You don't need them moving to a new standard, making it more confusing with new collections um, as well. Now all the marketplaces need to adopt that standard as well, where all their volume and traffic come from um, and all these things. And then, hey, next month, the standard changes again, right? So that's kind of our thesis around it, but um, we we remain like close on on our thoughts on that, um, and like are, are very excited to see how that evolves and participate in it from a development standpoint as well. Yeah, I think I'm kind of as a builder, you always try to follow the standards and just be part of the conversation, especially in the kind of blockchain world. Just changing stuff is harder, so you need to kind of be surrounded by smarter people. But I always think that you know being closer to practical builders like you guys you know just trying to talk to customers it's just not theory basically you're talking like to a game to a project that they, t they, they tell you like what are the actual needs and that's just a different ballgame that you know trying to make theories about you know a, a rental system that nobody's uh, on paper maybe it looks good but as you mentioned for different use cases it's different so I, I like to keep things practical as well as you mentioned like at the outcome of those conversations, probably a standard will emerge as well. It's kind of battle this is an all of that. Totally agreed, right? You can talk about all the incredible tech in the world, but if it doesn't solve the actual needs, it's sort of useless, right? And uh, I, I couldn't agree with that statement more. Like practicality is how we approach everything. And, you know, like there might be things that are, they're, you know, really interesting in the next five years, but we also have to be able to get to those next five years. And there's immediate needs that need to be solved now as well, right? Yeah, I love that. We need to get to the next five years to make this relevant. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle between those things, obviously, I think. But yeah, I totally agree with that. So kind of to try to summarize, maybe a, a game founder or something wants to come through NFT, they probably get, you know, an end-to-end -end solution for, let's say, their rental of the NFTs that probably can increase, you know, the adoption of the NFTs for their ecosystem, make it more accessible. So yeah, whoever is listening and is looking for that solution, definitely recommend checking this out. Um, you mentioned something interesting previously, which was, uh, you know, trying to move this forward, you know, as, as, a, as a team, as an innovative Web3 project, you're trying to, you know, talk to more people, more projects. Um, and as a builder myself, I think that there's not a lot of people out there right now, but again, just compared to, let's say, Web2 world. You know, there are millions of businesses here. There's like a limited uh, amount of people. Uh, what are the strategies you guys are using, let's say, to be able to talk to more people? I think I, I heard you kind of trying to partner with guilds and games. Have those kind of strategies worked out for you to, let's say, find more customers that can, you know, try your product? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, what we're really excited about is finally there's compelling games, right? Like real studios are now entering the space, some being more loud than others, some a little more quiet than others. But nonetheless, they're all experimenting to some degree, right? They're aware of this technology. They're aware of 
the stigma around it in the traditional gaming community, but they still see the value to some degree and they know they can ignore it, right? Like the genie is out of the bottle and they are like, hey, we need to at least understand what's happening here and see how we can either leverage it or where the, you know, kind of where the puck's going to move, right? Because they don't want to be left out at the end of the day. Um, they want to at least know what they're up against. Um, you know, when you see all this kind of these, you know, some amount of billion, I think it was eight or 10 billion that flowed into gaming in the last year. Um, you can't ignore that, right? Like there's real capital going to real teams with real experience. So finally, we're seeing these products that aren't just what I call DeFi Ponzi's with a skin, but real games, right? With fun at its core. Um, so for us, We've been really just keeping uh, close with all of those from studios, guilds, players like we've since day one community has been the focus, obviously, um, in unlocking this for gamers. But, you know, we're partnered with all the major guilds from YGG down the ladder, being their premier rental infrastructure, solving a lot of their headaches. Right. The, the way they were doing things in the past with lending out assets is uh, probably laughable to some degree in a lot of the space, the traditional guild model, like you're talking about sharing account emails and passwords, tracking through Google spreadsheets. It's, it's, it's almost funny, right? Like, while well, the whole point of this trustless automated technology is to remove all of that, right? There was a middleman involved that was a manager taking 20 to 30% as well. Um, and it was just crazy what was really going on. We solve all that. We automate all of that. We remove it and we bring it all on chain, right? Um, so it's also fully transparent as well. Um, so we continue to, to really get in the gaming talk, right? I think like many other projects out there, a lot of what we're doing is also getting out of this kind of Web3 crypto bubble to some degree. Like People forget how tiny our industry is and we all really need to work together to even gain enough for all of us to survive, right? Um, so we continue to work really closely with a lot more of those traditional avenues, um, a lot more of those games that are really focused on bringing in mainstream with true products. So like we don't, you know, we don't just integrate with anyone right now. Um, while anyone can trustlessly integrate it, if they want like custom features built or want to work really closely with the ReNFT team, we do a lot of due diligence. I think you see in the crypto space a lot of, you know, it's easy to have a lot of the scammy kind of projects out there who just put out announcements to put out announcements. But, you know, we have always worked from, you know, kind of under promising over delivering where we put out an announcement. There's probably something built already together. Right. It isn't just some marketing fluff. Um, and we're we've been working with the studio for months or the project or whatever it is. Uh, we go really deep with their community, with their experience, you know, making sure that. This is a sustainable project that, you know, has the funding to even last, has the team to build their vision um, that can actually bring value to the space rather than just putting out announcements to put out announcements, right? No, I think I massively appreciate the projects that, as you mentioned, it's, um, it's not a show basically of, you know, trying to show engagement or like fake progress. It's just sometimes it's fine to be a bit quiet for a while because you're working on a hard problem with a real business rather than, you know, a Ponzi scheme or, or something just to show. And um, I think, you know, the work that all of us are doing, um, you correctly mentioned, to bring these, let's say, serious projects, serious games in the real world to blockchain, I think at the end of the day, is going to benefit all the other builders as well. So, for example, if the NFT is successful in bringing a game, um, it, it can probably benefit other builders who are want to offer them I don't know, a wallet solution or something else, basically. So just at the end of the day, it's good for all of us. And 
we need to show to the world like these real values, real use cases that is just superior to the traditional world. So at the end of the day, I, I really hope at some point in future we can stop calling this like Web3 game or crypto. No, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's something better, basically. So you cannot deny its power. So yeah. It's gaming on steroids, right? Like I, you're, you're so right. Like people start to come up with these different terms all over and, and we have to use them to delineate to some degree, at least now, um, of course, it's sort of, you know, it shows how early everything is, but um, it's just gaming, right? Like the games industry is the games industry and there's just newer ways to do things uh, in a better capacity, right? Because there's there's new technology in the same way that, you know, free to play changed the gaming landscape. Um, I think blockchain tech as a whole is going to do the same thing. Well said, I think that's exactly it. Um... What's coming for re-NFT, let's say, in the next six months or one year? What are the plans? Yes, the next six months for us are very hectic. Um, Like I said, we're finally seeing products actually go live, which has been what we've been waiting for for a long time, right? So we have, you know, we have almost 100 different games and integration uh, projects that we are integrating with across all chains, um, Avalanche, Polygon, uh, Ethereum, Solana, few others as well in the pipeline that we'll get to. Um, so it's really just actually integrating with them. Um, so, you know, we, we've integrated with a couple early last year that are seeing quite a bit of activity. We're, you know, at all time highs on all of our activity and seeing some of our first true exciting activity outside of just experimental cases, which we can get into in a second. But um, it's just mass integrations for us across all blockchains um, is really the next six months. And then six to 12 months for us, again, is kind of what I was talking about at the beginning of starting to open up a lot more of the protocol, right? So we sort of set everything up now as, as building blocks, right? Where technically people can integrate, but there's some headaches right now. So really making that much more seamless where we don't have to hold everyone's hand to integrate. They can do it very easily. You know, if you're doing X, Y, do Z, right? Um, and kind of pick their building blocks, how they're doing things. Uh, one of the things we've noticed, obviously, I'm sure you're very familiar with this yourselves, is every game is doing something different, right? From their wallet flows to what's on-chain, what's off-chain. So at this point, we've probably built 99% of ways of doing things based on those stacks. Um, so now it's going to be really opening it up for anyone to trustlessly integrate, right? Yeah, I think if, that's kind of the natural evolution of something like this. You know, you, you want to first work with like few projects, you know, hold their hands, understand what are the problems. You don't want to make it like self-service from day one because probably you're going to make something self-service that is wrong in score, let's say. So you want to kind of, you know, try to do those things. But at some point, as you mentioned, if you want to have like more adoption, then you definitely want to, you know, more documentation, more like easy kind of to use platform, even more flexibility that, you know, hopefully I can just, you know, drop this SDK into my app and then I get rental system or something, get this dashboard, everything works out of the box. So you definitely want to work with that, yeah. That couldn't be... couldn't agree more. Um, uh, it's in it's finally happening, right? Like uh, solutions like yourselves as well are, are finally building things that the studios need, right? Like some of these larger studios, they don't want to come in and understand how many nodes it takes to make a decentralized blockchain, right? They just see the value in the technology. They don't need to understand every single nuance about it, but they want to integrate it and enable it for their users easily, right? They don't want to have to hire a team of 20 people that are very expensive as well to deal with one subset of their company, right? I mean, the fact that actually, I, I have talked to some some teams in, in regard to what you said, and the fact that some of those teams want to do this in-house shows me how early we are, because it's kind of yeah. similar to cloud or like, you know, people don't even understand the, you know, the, 
you mentioned there are nuances about the rental system that you as a game, you might say, okay, I want rental system, but you don't know like all the nuances that come. And it really doesn't make sense for you to reinvent the wheel when it's already been built. So uh, my, my most fun conversations are always when I talk to some of those games and they talk about them doing certain things in house and like, and just, you know, centralized database. I'm like, well, yeah, sure. But have you thought about how that then interfaces with other protocols like loans, fractionalization, NFT state? Have you thought about airdrops? Have you thought, right. You start to point out all these little things and like, well, no, well, no. It's like, there's a reason we have uh, thought and built so much around rentals because they seem so simple on the surface, like many other things, like even just a marketplace, right? Uh, it's like, hey, it's buying and selling. But when you really go into all the little details of, of what you need to enable to have a proper user experience, um, it's not so simple, right? And it's a, it's a product in of itself that you have to manage. Yeah, it's not. I think I just see two categories for that, let's say, argument. One of them is that if you're not that good at technical stuff, you're going to fail, obviously, because it's just hard thing to do. And in the best scenario, in my opinion, if it's not core to your business, you're going to create a great proof of concept, but it cannot, you know, scale to go beyond that. It just, it's always going to be a proof of concept and you're going to face problems. So better trust someone that is everyday job to kind of think about these problems and do that. Especially within gaming, it's probably, you know, I always say games are, in my opinion, the most difficult thing to build. They touch the most amount of roles, the most areas, uh, you, you know, and so it's like focus on the 500 other things it takes to build a successful game and, and don't focus on the, you know, the things that you also don't fully understand yet, right? Yeah, well said. Um, finally, I really wanted to, you know, touch base on your team because without a great team, without a kind of loyal, dedicated team that work great together, then you cannot build a lot as a Web3 founder. Can you just tell us a bit about your team, how you guys are working to each other, with each other, and, you know, yeah, how did you came up with, like, forming this group of people that want to do this? <laughs> Totally. Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, um, you know, I've been obviously full time in the crypto space for some time. Um, met a lot of people it was obviously much smaller back then, um, but nonetheless. So, you know, I was really involved in the Chainlink community, as I mentioned, and that's where I met Naz, my co-founder and CTO. Um, he's, you know, arguably one of the best, not just programmers I've ever seen in just all of my time in tech, but uh, one of the best smart contract guys I've ever seen. Um, and he's just an, an absolute legend. So kind of from there, um, we had met through the Mover community, which is like another DeFi-oriented company um, uh, who became our artist, product manager, a little bit of everything. Lewis um, joined us, and then from there, really just kept snowballing. Um, after we raised, you know, initial capital, we, we really started building out um, talent in general. Like the ReNFT team is something I'm very proud of. Um, you know, it takes, I think people underestimate, in, unless they're a founder themselves, building um, and hiring how difficult it is to build a talented team, not only remote and all over the world with all different personal cultures, but um, also, you know, with the skill set to do what we're wanting to do. It's such a new industry. There's so many things happening. Focus is difficult as well in our space, as we all know. Um, so I'm very, very proud of how our team has has kind of evolved. We're currently um, 12 full time and we are hiring as well, um, uh, just to, to put that plug out there. Um, but we are very we hold a very high candle of the talent. Like we're more than anything, we want people that like are diehard about this space. They're insanely passionate. They understand it deeply. Um, and, you know, there there is no other space for them. So like in our internal company chat, like I'm always blown away if we're not talking 
about something, you know, product or, or work related, we're researching other things, happenings in the space, um, diving into new happenings, new standards, right? Like all kinds of things. And it's almost like we try to keep this hacker collective mentality more than anything, uh, where it's, it's very much, you know, every person, um, if there was no management in place, I actually don't think anything would change quite honestly, which is, is the, the best possible scenario for a team. So I'm, I'm really proud of the whole, the whole team. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a rare gem, but when you find it, oh man, that's, that's just so good because yeah, those people are ninjas basically, you know, they, they have, they can have like the easiest time you now working for, let's say a web two company, like collecting paychecks, but you know, just a combination of passion and, you know, you want to be part of something big and obviously, you know, things are debatable, like in Web3 and this thing, but you need to believe in something. You need to, you know, work on the edge cases and, you know, um, try to push it forward. And it seems like you guys are doing that. And that's just amazing to see. So from a founder to founder, it's just great job, you guys. I think you're doing great. And hopefully you can keep doing this for a very, very long time. Appreciate that. And likewise, uh, bravo to you guys. It's not it's not easy, that's for sure. People People downplay how difficult it really is to build a team. Absolutely, there is. It has been great, Nick. Any final uh, words or thoughts from your side? No, um, I'd love to just point out um, any games, projects that have interesting rental cases, reach out to us. We're always around. We're always talking. We get really deeply involved with our partners. Uh, community members join our Discord. Uh, there's incentive programs. Um, there's fun ways to get involved. I always point that out. Some of our greatest team members have actually come directly from the community. Um, and, you know, there's no better time than now to really get involved and in, in, um, join a project. So I'll just point that out and uh, reach out. We're always around. I myself as well. Uh, my personal socials, uh, I'll always reply. So feel free to DM to chat, jam. Um, always want to just keep the space open and friendly. It's also really interesting that how approachable Web3 founders are. I mean, not a lot of them, but the guys like you just, you can't talk to a founder of a project. That's just, you don't- it, I would say it's the first industry where you can talk directly to your competitor in a friendly manner and probably help each other almost to some degree, right? You don't yeah. see that anywhere else. <laughs> no, it's just, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, like. And in, in, at the end of the day, we're helping each other in some ways. So that's that's just great to see. I will share all your information, re-NFTs, your personal contact in the description. So definitely check that out. Thank you so much, Nick. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Likewise. Thanks for having me.